This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Right here on AMI-audio this Thursday, catch the pulse of 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time. This week, Joita talks with a group of artists about the Suitcase Stories Project, which explores the lived experience of people with intellectual and development. P- excuse me, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time here on AMI-audio and, of course, available on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. Kelly McDonald here hosting the program as we begin the second hour. And the guy over there, Brock Richardson. It's uh, time to check in with one of our community reporters. And this is one of my favorite segments because I get to live vicariously through anyone that comes with the different events that they bring. And today we're going to talk to Kim Kelpatrick from Ottawa, Ontario. Kim, how are you? Fine. How are you guys? Pretty well, thanks. Uh, Your first topic here is an update on a play with Touch Tour with Great Canadian Theatre Company in Ottawa, which took place in November. Yeah, so Kelly, you might remember, Brock, you might remember too, in the summer that we had a Touch Tour with Company of Fools that was before a play that they had. And so a GCTC... um, the, the set designer who designed that set designed the set for Great Canadian Theatre Company, and they approached us to say, would you like another one for this play that they had at GCTC? So we're trying to ramp up to having live-described performances. We, we would really like that, but uh, for now we don't have that. But uh, we said, of course, we would love that. And I was unfortunately not able to go on the day that they, they could do it because I was storytelling somewhere else. But... Uh, they did have a pre-show touch tour of the stage and some of the um, artifacts and they like some of the props. And they had also a discussion, a little discussion about what was going to happen in the play. And then they saw the play and everybody that went said that they really enjoyed that. And so GCTC has kind of opened up the door to say they'd like to do it with more of their, more of their plays. So I guess, Kelly, you know how long we've been trying to do stuff like that here, but we're sort of cracking the door open a little bit. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited that now they're starting to think more about our accessibility, you know, concerns about, because they have other accessibility things there. They have relaxed performances and they have ASL at times and they just don't have uh, things for us really. And so it's nice to have the door sort of cracking open. And they did also say they'd like to work some more, on some stuff with the upcoming um, equivalent of the Winter Fringe Festival, which is here is nice. called Undercurrents, and yeah. uh, and some other theaters. So it's just it's not fully what we would like, but it's it's more um, it's more than we had. So yeah, and I, I think for for organizations, for theater troops, for anyone trying to do something with accessibility, and and this is I. 
I, I don't know where to say the message comes from because I know certainly when you try something, it's, oh, man, that was a terrible experience. You know, we're very quick to kind of note that or, hey, that was a wonderful experience. I, I feel sometimes there's that hesitation always longer than there needs to be because people want to get it right. And sometimes we miss a show or two yeah. or three because, well, we want it to be yeah. perfect. Yeah, but you you won't be perfect for what Kim yeah, needs is going to be different than me. And what they said in the summer and what they said this time, too, was, well, that was easy. Like, that was no problem. You know, like, we yeah. just have to arrange it. And, and, and so they were quite, they, they loved doing it. And they also liked, you know, the fact that it didn't cost really anything. It's just a bit of time that people spent with us, you know, to check out the things. And, yeah. and, and um, Kim, so we, you know, it, people it, also need yeah. to stop and think. When for a touch tour, just I'll just use that as an example, not description, not a, you know audio description. But do you do it before or after, without it messing up the play, without it be, where the impact for you, the person enjoying it, is going to be the most? Maybe in your ear, a description is fine, but afterward might be better because there's so many unique, strange things that were going on in it that you say, "Oh wow!" Where maybe if you saw it before the play. It doesn't lend itself as much to or doesn't have the impact that being able to go and see some of those props afterward. And I think some, I mean, generally most of us would say, oh, I want to know what stuff is like beforehand. Okay, okay, to a point. But I also know there's certain applications where after might wear, but you're going to make those mistakes, rolling stuff out, trying, and even 20 years doing it, you're still going to, for somebody, they're going to say, it wasn't as great for me, that experience. And that's okay. And we talked about doing it after too. Like we did talk about that, but um, they, they let us, they let them on the stage before and, and then just briefly. And then they took them out in another room and showed the props there. So yeah. it was kind of a combination. But I agree, you know, you don't want to disrupt the, what's going on. But and, also, and it will vary. It will vary. It, it will vary indeed. Yeah. But it was, it was good. I was, I'm sorry I missed it, but I, I was already booked, so I couldn't go. I had to go storytelling. Okay, well, we'll play that. Well, go ahead, Brock. My sort of view on it with the whole when do you do this, like at what point do you put this touch stuff to, to do, What where does it fit best? For me, what I look at is if I do it before, I may lose out on some context of something where I may say, well, I don't know where this was used. Whereas after you cut, you have the, the full picture and then you get the real like, oh, this is what they were talking about in this moment and that moment and so on and so forth. I feel like before, you may lose just a touch of the context that you might not have had. Maybe, yeah. I've seen it both ways and I, I'm okay with it both ways. But, but, but I, know, I know, like, you know, you have to balance the needs of the, the theater company with your needs with everybody anyway. So, yeah, yeah it was good, For though, sure. apparently. Uh, we'll put it up on the blog, ami.ca slash Kelly Co. Uh, your second item, let's talk about, and this is, I'm glad you're bringing this, Kim, to the table because unfortunately, a lot of time with the holidays, everything gets kind of jumbled up and World Braille Day is upon us before we realize it. You want to talk about some of the events? Well, Kelly, I want to tell you about the event that I'm helping with because it's what I'm most excited about. <laughs> but definitely, so. World Braille Day is going to be coming up a month long of um, World Braille Day events in January. So the whole month of January, there'll be different workshops. And I put up the link. It's quite long, so I won't 
say it as to how to register for these events and um, and how to partake in them. But the one that I'm helping with, uh, which I might not be a surprise to you, we've called a celebration, and it is on the 21st of January, a Saturday, where people submit um, entries about Braille, so songs or poems or recitations or little little. Um, uh, it has to be no longer than three minutes. Little short stories, little scenes about Braille. So Kelly, if you do want to do it, you can come. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can submit them recorded, and then we're not going to perform them live. People are going to submit them recorded, and and um, Natalie Martiniello, who used to be president of BLC, and I are going to host that, and we are going to play as many as we can of these wonderful entries that that celebrate braille our celebration and i think it'll be i think it'll be great um and also there's going to be some door prizes there that are pretty good and all, you can only get those if you have put in an entry to the contest it's not really a contest you know it's a it's a celebration so like i'm excited about that but they're they're all really good like the there's a workshop a french one there's one geared towards um uh, post-secondary students and teachers. There's another one for uh, a month-long activities for K-12, to and there's another one for people that are just scared to learn Braille and they're thinking maybe it's too hard. So it's there's something for everyone in this whole um, batch of events, and it's uh, CCB uh, is helping with it as well as NELS and SILA and um, oh, I'm going to forget P- PRCVI and Braille Literacy Canada, sort of we're all on a committee to organize. Again, this is the third annual uh, World Braille Day event. And so it's always a lot of fun. And it's nice to have in the middle of the winter in January when it's so miserable outside. Oh, my goodness. I'm just excited about the celebration. I'm very excited about Wow, that. those stories are going to be really interesting because there you'll get a variety from the triumphs, from the, the pain of learning, from the funny sides of it, and stretching your fingers when I was doing yeah. Braille music, trying to figure out how to right-handed and left-hand read or vice versa, my, my Braille oh, music. There um, you go, Kelly. You got one on the go there. <laughs> oh man, uh, Kim. It, sorry, is it too long? Did you say to k- tell people where you want these submissions sent? Should they just go there? Oh, and just... um, the link is there, but you can we'll put it email up on, Braille. Yeah. You can email to to submit something. Email Braille at nmels dot ca. So okay. Braille at nels dot ca. But the link to the all the events and the registration that's kind of long, so I won't I okay. won't put that. I won't inflict that on you. <laughs> and for your final topic quite fitting holiday season events are around the corner in the ottawa area could you highlight some of them for us please well one of the things i love about doing this report is i find out things i never knew before so i did a search for holiday events and you know we do our own thing we get in our ruts you know we do the things that we do and i ended up at ottawa tourism site so ottawatourism.ca and then there's a, another sort of longer link about holiday season events. And I was shocked at all of the things that there are from everything from sort of uh, light light shows or lighting up things or tours of villages and tours of this and that and all kinds of music concerts and events and theater events. So it's it's quite amazing. And I thought, you know, people in your city, wherever you are, if you're listening somewhere else, you should look up what's on because we get into our things, oh, I'm just going to go and do that because I've always done that or I'm going to watch 
stay home and do nothing because we've had so long of COVID and I'm not going to do it. So it just shook me up a little bit to think, wow, is there ever a lot going on? And I circled some things, some music concerts and some things that, you know, that might be interesting to me. Obviously, lighting up the trees and that, I don't get anything out of that myself. So I wouldn't necessarily go to that. But it, it just always amazes me when I go looking for something that there's way more in our communities than we ever knew about. So I'm always excited when I come across uh, this type of page. But there's tons of stuff on here. So if someone's visiting Ottawa or um, lives in your own community and want to just do a search on your tourism sites for what's, what's on, you'll find a lot of things. I was, yeah. I was quite shocked by all of, all of it. Yeah, it was good. Uh. I totally understand that. Kim, thank you so much. And we'll put all the stuff up thank on the blog. Guys. Thank you. AMI.ca slash Calico is where you can get that information. And go check out the report. All right, folks. We'll be uh, stepping aside for just a couple of moments here. It's time, though, for our Gear and CNIB Smart Life segment with uh, Jenny Sweet. Uh, when we wrap up and take a little bit look at what might be around, what's available, what's going on. Uh, as we come to the end of the year. Next. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.